Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I dig into our messages in the series entitled Living Hope, and we talk about what it takes to plan out a year's worth of messages. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. We are someplace in the 90s, yes, 93, I think. Um, not quite sure, but we're getting close to 100. Welcome back, John. Good to be here. Uh, we are... We're a day late, aren't we? We are a day late. Yeah. We're, we're on the back end of a series called Living Hope. Uh, we're a day late. And the reason we're a day late is because you and I spent a good chunk of yesterday... Yeah. Uh, doing something that is very important in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's planning out the preaching calendar for the coming year. That plan affects numerous, numerous people. Uh, It affects events that we have in an ideal world. It affects, you know, the music. Lots of people wait on that plan. Mm -hmm. So I think we're doing pretty good first we, week, first week in november we're planned out for yeah. the entire calendar 2023 year. Yeah. yeah yeah so talk to me you 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 um you've been a, a senior pastor for a long time mm-hmm. the majority of your preaching plans you've done by yourself is that accurate or or in a um, team environment I'd say i've done a, a a fair number of them in team environments mm-hmm. um but not in the same way that you and i did yesterday yeah um, they've been more of a sit down and have a conversation about a, a burst here of a couple of months or a couple of series, and then and then I go off and do a few other things. So yeah. yesterday was uh, so so I've done that, and then I've done a, a, a good bit of just plow the field, just to the January to, to December. Yeah, here's what we're going to do, and then go back and, and 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 present that and say let's talk about this, and then we edit that. Yeah, um, and so uh, so it's just different way, different approaches. Uh, the the refreshing thing is to to know that we've got a game plan ahead for the yeah. for the year ahead. Yeah, that's that's a refreshing thing. The hard thing is that each one of the, everything that we do each time we do this needs to be built out. Yes. So yeah, right, right now when we say we have a preaching plan. We don't know what every scripture lesson is going to be yet. Right. We we don't. We have a better idea on the front part of the the, the year than yeah. the back part of the year. Um, but we have kind of the basic themes and and yeah. scripture. You know, kind of the the Bible area focuses. But one of the things that you talked about yesterday when you and I were sitting down and kind of going through that was having a certain priorities in mind in terms of what you want the congregation to yeah. have hit. Over the year, or, or categorically, kind of the things yeah. that you hit over the year. So, talk about that a little bit, and and what, well, what's what's this your is priority? one of the things that we think about, and that's uh, and and you and I both being together it really made it so much of a better experience because you have your perspective on it, I have my perspective yeah. on it. The question is, <clears throat> where are we as a congregation? What, Where do you see those places where we want to come back and and, and strengthen because they're already there? We need to lock them in, yeah. or they're just 
priorities for us and our mission as a church. We want to make sure we hit those priorities. Or where are we lacking or needing something as a congregation? And then how does all that fit together in, ter- in terms of a, a flow of a churching plan? For example, to put example on this is that we both agreed, we both said right up front, is that one of the things that we are, we are feeling is the need. And, I, and you've had people tell you about this, and I've had people tell you about this, and those of you who are listening right now may feel this and may know, know yeah. this to be true, is that we really have kind of drifted apart. Yeah. That's not literally true. I mean, just the, the sort of the – that used to be that there was a sense of connection and, and we were fellowship together. Even though we had three services yeah. all along, we still had these these connecting moments where – but we it's because we had meals together and we had these activities together. We had just multiple things that we did together. And the pandemic had just did a number on us. And, and I just, think, too, to that point, we have – it's been difficult to pinpoint when that kind of pandemic level of concern – was over for for people and yeah. for us too right yeah. Yeah. and so that it's kind of been this lingering effect where it's been hard to kind of pinpoint yeah. that so we we both kind of came with that yeah no i think you're right and 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 uh and there are some i think a smaller number of people but there's still some who would say in in church and in and the culture around us that it's not over because there's still cases of covid yeah. being you know, being being um caught yeah and uh, and the rest of us would say yes that's true but as a as a as an issue that's or a disease that's going to cause us a massive disruption in our lives it's over yeah and so with all that and i think you and i both are there it's it's in that sense it's over yeah and so let's do something to bring us back together again so yeah. even even our opening series out of in the years is one built around Okay, what is what does it mean for us to be a church? What does mm-hmm. it mean for us to come together and and do the things that we read about in the early chapters of the book of Acts? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, and celebrate that and be excited about being together yeah. and create that sense of camaraderie and community and and uh, remind people of what life in the church community has been like yeah. and can be like for the future. So And so that's just one piece of a year-round look at, you know, what is it that we see that it, that it would be useful for the congregation, the spiritual life and spiritual formation of the congregation, what would be useful for us in a year's worth of activities. One thing is interesting that us, I, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but I think it's maybe something we can talk about for just a moment here. So uh, some would look at that and and say you've got all this you got 52 Sundays of a year plus the extras of the of yeah. the Good Fridays and the Monday Thursdays and the Christmas Eves you got all those planned out for the year is there any room for the Holy Spirit to show up yeah. you know or what do you do if something something you know catastrophic happens in, in culture so uh, we didn't talk about this I think I know your answer but I'd yeah. love to hear hear us talk about that well so we knew that. And, and the same people that would say something like what you're talking about also uh, say similar things about us prepping anything on Sunday morning where we have like a script or an outline or something like that. And you and I knew that this date on the calendar was marked for the planning for we, – I think we – maybe weeks now, At least a weeks. couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. So in the in the lead up to this, and I know you've done the same thing, we've been in prayer. We have been – trying to tune into what like what you just talked about what is what is the holy spirit telling us is the need of the congregation we've been taking in information and listening to people with an eye towards okay we we've got we've got 2023 around the corner so what is god wanting us to do i think 
people kind of limit the Holy Spirit's work to just the moment in which the Word of God is being delivered. And and our response, I think, is, uh, well, the Holy Spirit's always at work. <laughs> Through all the time of preparation, the Holy Spirit's at work, yeah. and we're asking the Holy Spirit to be at work. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, too, we're also aware and cognizant that given the state of the world, there might be things that, that, that interrupt it in such a way sure. that we have to say, okay, 9-11 type, uh, type yeah. events might, might take place and, and we pray that they don't. Um, and then we take our foot off the gas of a particular series for a moment and, and, and regroup, or it shapes how a particular series gets, gets, uh, articulated. Yeah. And, and, and so like, for example, you know, we're going to, we have a series on, on prayer, yeah. which is a very broad topic. We can go a lot of different directions and, and like, we haven't gotten to the point, which we will in the next several weeks, put, put some more meat on the bones, uh, as we get closer to those things. But that's, you know, that can be influenced by what we feel, feel like the congregation needs in that specific moment. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about broad strokes at this point. And, uh, you know, we're doing a, a series, kind of a little mini summer series on Proverbs. Well, what's going on in the moment might inform which Proverbs we ta- tackle, because right. we're not doing the whole book, yeah. but which ones are we going to talk about, which ones we aren't. So that I think that's kind of how we would... Yeah, and, I, and that's been my experience in the past as well. And it's always a, it's, it's always a game-time decision to make of, of whether you jettison the entire sermon given some major 9-11 type mm-hmm. of event, or even 9-11 is pretty extreme. That's even, huge, yeah, even yeah. some lower level things, things like George Floyd or mm. any of these other cultural yeah. pressure points that we find ourselves in, we make it. We make the decision week in and week out about how yeah. far do we go. And, um, and I, you know, still being relatively new here, you, know, we, you and I, I think, more and more are finding ourselves having conversations about what we do and what we don't, Yeah, what we do and what we don't say about certain things that are that are happening and yeah. well we talk we meet weekly to, to talk about that very thing but those are game game time decisions the extreme would be that we've got a plan and we throw the entire plan out for the week and, that's and we extreme. just talk yeah. about what what's there before us um and that and would the, be like a 9-11 type event yeah that, i don't you know even some of the other cultural events that's not to diminish the importance of those other cultural events but it shapes maybe the application it shapes maybe the opening it might shape how you enter into and the, the and the rest of the liturgy or the rest of the service would have those elements built yeah. into it prayer prayer time or so there's a number of ways that you can integrate um, contemporary issues that's right into yeah. the service without jettisoning the sermon. So one of the other things that we talked about yesterday is just kind of the balance of understanding. You know, there's some some traditions, and and you and I know them because they're in the Reformed camp that would say to us, uh, "You shouldn't be doing that. You just just you go through the books of the Bible. Just start with Romans, Genesis just, one, and uh, with Genesis fifty. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and just do that. You know, um, and that there are, there's a place for that, and there are points in next mm. year's plan that have those sorts of elements as well too. But what is your balance in in mind in terms of more thematic versus more? Uh, expositional, expository, you know, verse by verse sort of thing, like like what we're doing now with Living Hope, because what we're doing now is verse by verse, yeah. almost, almost, like we talked well, about, we there's will, a lot to we it. We will have read every verse. We'll have read every verse, yeah. Mm-hmm. may not have just dug deep on every yeah. verse, but we will have read every verse. So, yeah, I think that's a, another one of those um, balance uh, calls, you know, so there, there, I think, 
the absence of those entirely would be a problem. Yeah. And the to do that exclusively would would be a different type of problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because then then how do you address what's your venue that you're going to address certain themes that you know are part important to be a part of the, the mm-hmm. church, you know, do if you're going nothing but through the book of Romans and you need something that comes in more of the wisdom literature like Proverbs you mm-hmm. mentioned a moment ago, or you need something more eschatological like you've got out of Revelation, mm-hmm. how do you how do you bake those in mm-hmm. while being authentic to the text that you're preaching, which is yeah. like verse by verse through through Romans? The answer is it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. So what we do instead, and then you got to realize that there, there there are people coming in who are brand new Christians coming into the Absolutely, church. Yeah. There are sort of young Christians in the church, or medium and old old Christian, older as in been a Christian for a long time. How do you how do you address the needs of all of those people in mm-hmm. in the church as well? So it's a very it's 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 not an easy task, and we yeah. are a larger church, and mm-hmm. and you have a people in a in a large range of spiritual. Um, uh, awareness and, and yeah. knowledge, and so so the answer for us, the answer for me, uh, the answer has been in most of my ministry, and I, I think our answer for us, and what mm-hmm. we did certainly yesterday reflects it, is to say let's balance this out. Let's make sure we've got some places where we're going expositional verse by verse, and let's make sure we've got some other places, like you said a minute ago, where we'll be dealing with uh, the subject of prayers. Mm-hmm. But even even that, what we talked about with mm-hmm. prayers, is like let's not talk about prayers. In abstraction, or just talk about it generally, we're going to look at prayers that are in the Bible, yeah, and say, okay, we're going to take that story, that setting, and we're going to preach what's that, what's what, that setting, that, and how, yeah, that, that story of that prayer, and then what what does that tell us about prayer? Yeah, 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 it, and I think I think we we do a, a good job here uh, because, like you said, we have diverse uh, diverse congregation from a spiritual. Um, kind of literacy and acumen standpoint, we've got to balance the the folks that are ready for the, as Paul calls it, you know, the meat and those yeah. that are, you know, still still taking taking yeah. the milk. We got to be able to do this exactly. We got to be able to deliver the milk and deliver yeah. for the milk drinkers and, the, and for the meat eaters. Every, and here's the thing, every week. Every week. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's why the, that's why we always rely on the Holy Spirit in the preparation process too. You know, it's not just the delivery. When we rely on the Holy Spirit for the mm-hmm. delivery, uh, it's, uh, definitely. But we also rely heavily on prayer and the Holy Spirit in the preparation process. You know, and this week we are in the you know we're we're on the backside of this series uh, in Living Hope, First Peter, and um, this week we were really diving into a particular type of suffering. You know, the one of the themes, and I mentioned this in in the opening of my sermon, was how often in a series called Living Hope we are talking about pain and suffering and hardship. It's because that's what yeah. Peter does. But he really narrows the focus this week on suffering as a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And as you were looking at this, you know, kind of transitioning from, you know, last week, and again, we shifted, we were back into shifting spaces. Back. Yeah, you're, you're in Vine, I was uh, in Classic. Yeah. So as you were looking at that from this idea of last week, the the – the differentiation of behaviors for a believer and a non-believer into this week, what that that entails. How did you want to make that transitional kind of movement, um, just even even just mentally and and from the the standpoint of the the passage of scripture? Well, I, for, uh, to kind of step back even further. F- 
to, to frame that answer is um, I'm I'm aware that uh, th- this has been a theme woven into because this has been a theme woven into Peter. I'm aware that there are people in the congregation who don't perceive their lives to have tremendous amounts of suffering to it. So you're already filtering this through this, am I going to be saying something and and hitting something and going heavy with something that is not actually going to resonate Mm -hmm. with 80% of the congregation who are not doing anything near close to suffering? Yeah. Um, So that that was one one sort of filter piece of it is that uh, here we are coming back to this theme of suffering again, and the person who's not suffering is going, dude— (laughs) <laughs> Quit it already. <laughs> Enough already. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> and so, how do you how do you speak to that person? Yeah. That was on my mind, which is which is for me where I needed to drill it in to say, here's where I do see this applying, yeah. and where it is real in this church. And I'm and you don't have to be, go very far to find a family member or an uncle or some somebody in there who is challenging yeah. the, the 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 person of faith within the family. So that that was that was real to me. And I, I mean, and I know if, like for you, you just talked about the fact that there are times. I'm starting to see looking over my notes from your sermon. Is there, you said it one way, which is um, oh, the pain we see coming. Yeah, the pain we oh, see coming. That was great. Yeah, because you know what we're addressing is when when you frame it that way. There's the pain that we see coming, yeah. which is the shot in yeah. your arm, versus the pain we don't see coming, which was the wasp. Yeah, and 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 my 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 point in framing it like this, I'm not really sure I I made the connection as much as it was in my head, but the idea was that sometimes we put the 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 low level, and I I I think we ought to, you know, you mentioned in your message the through the gates of splendor book, and I and I. I really, uh, and this is one of those cutting room floor things. I'm like, I really want to get into the fact that any kind of so-called persecution we're going to receive in this country is, you know, (laughs) orders orders of magnitude less than what many believers in our day and age and in the past have experienced. But that said, when we do experience those even low levels of persecution we react like it's the wasp sting and we we run away from it and so like you said in your in you know in in your third point was you know stay committed to god sometimes the wasp sting leaves us running from god or or hiding our faith and rather than saying no 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 peter's like you should see this coming and understand this is actually there is a lot of that. This is yeah. the pain we see coming. This is the shot in the arm. Yeah. Versus so that I kind of my took takeaway. From yeah. That this Peter is saying you should see this coming, and that there is a value to it. Like mm. that's the part that I think is that's a hard. Um, that is a hard. It's a hard sell. Huh? It's a hard hard message. Very hard sell. But you know it was interesting because you you know you mentioned thinking through people that maybe you know we think of their lives as relatively good, but you know even on Wednesday. And I'm not going to name names because um, I didn't ask his permission. But we were in um, talking through the sharing our faith class that I te- I'm teaching on Wednesday mm-hmm. night. We've got a small group, um, but we had an older gentleman in there, and and you know he's he's a golfer, right? You know he he's yeah. uh, got a little bit of means, and so he golfs, and he has a group of of buddies that he golfs with on a regular basis. And he was sharing. He goes, you know. Uh, the, these guys aren't believers, you know, these aren't Christians. And so he started talking, he started talking about just the small ways 
and I, and I wasn't, I did not mention him. We were doing this message, but he's just talking about the small ways he uh, experiences those kind of insults. Um, you know, he prays after, you know, at the clubhouse at, if, before his meal, mm-hmm. and then the snarky atheist or agnostic that that's with them says. You know, hey, buddy, I just uh, read this thing about this one uh, pastor friend, uh, pastor who got uh, da, 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 da. What do you think about that? You know, kind of in a very like, you know, Mr. way. Mr. Goody Two Shoes, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Than, than thou. And 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 so I'm thinking, wow, you know, even those folks that I would look at, and I, you know, and 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 I, I, I believe that he probably experiences that on a that kind of insult the maligning that Peter talks about in, in chapter yeah. four, verse four on a fairly regular basis, but he's committed to these guys. He's committed to his faith. And so he's going to be a person of faith. So that was really in my head too, was I, as I was thinking through that, just if we're serious about living our faith out loud in, in you know, in, in the culture, not in a derogatory, but even just making those kind of small gestures, eventually, somebody's going to say something. Yep. And and to to the point to say like if that's not happening, you should should ask yourself, well maybe I'm not around enough non-Christians yeah. as I should be or maybe I'm kind of following the crowd. I don't look I am not actually acting out the part I, of the I, Christian. I didn't say anything about this either, but I, I it was on my mind that when I was commuting uh, for one of the semesters <clears throat> um at the University University of Florida uh, we had a carpool that commuted back from our hometown and yeah. uh, to school, and one of the girls was uh, in, in the car with us. was a um, was a non believer, and mm. she j- and the two of us were, were believers. And the other one, I'm th- not sure where the other one. There's four of us in the car. Mm-hmm. One of was a non believer, and she's like, and she kept going on and on about it. her issue was on the authority of scripture mm. and um, whether that is the the scripture is the word of God. And she and she and I remember her saying it said, it's just a group of guys sitting around making up a story. That's what it's like. Women at a quilting bee, and they're just doing. And they, that was the thing to do the quilt, and then their guy, their thing was to write these these stories that become that they want to make them become true. So she had zero faith uh, in scripture, faith in it. But it's the same type of thing as the guys at lunchtime. Yeah. Like it's just there's there's no substance to it. There's yeah. no truth to it. So I'm going to reject it out. What right? But what was interesting is, and it, I was I would suspect even with that guy was that even what's interesting is that in those very moments there it's almost like those things you see now. Prove me wrong. Yeah, prove me wrong. You see those things where they put the tables out there yeah. saying, you know, so and so is a bad person. Prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, I felt like it was a because we we talked about it. We uh, and I didn't have great answers at the time, and uh, but I was willing to to take shots at them. And uh, I think that because because we don't know from Peter. Yeah exactly what the problem was yeah no and we have kind of there's some little clues earlier in the passage when he's talking about husbands and wives he's talking about slaves and masters uh the religion you know the the civil civil authorities there's some clues about what they're kind of going through but nothing direct in there i I was hoping that peter would just somewhere along the line said yeah you got your yeah, you got beat up, didn't you? Yeah, you know, or you got thrown in jail as a result of that. Yeah. You got, you got, you know, um, uh, you someone your neighbor was killed because of this. So yeah. we don't really get get all that, but we know that there's something there. There's some level, and that's what we try to. I try to do it certainly is to say not uh, is that there's some there's something that we will deal with because we are a Christian uh, that is going to be a hardship for us. Well, and I liked even how you put it, and you and and you know Peter. 
himself is in a Roman prison under the authority of Nero. And there's this is reading between the lines, and you, you put this in, in your message and then said well, this was not what they were dealing with. But I also think that there was something where Peter kind of sees the government-sanctioned persecution coming. I mean, I think he kind of has a sense, and he's almost, there's a sense of a prophetic sort of just, you know, get ready, because this is what you're experiencing now. These fiery trials are really the precursor to the greater suffering. You know, this is, these are not, because one of the things he says is don't be surprised at the fiery trials as though something new was happening mm-hmm. to you or something unexpected. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 these are not isolated incidents. There's almost like he knows that that's, that's going to intensify. And, and I find it interesting and you you and I have conversations with people in our in our congregation all the time who are just they're dumbfounded at what they see as the spiritual drift of our culture and society yeah and and now, I didn't get into this, and you didn't get into this, but it's almost like, well, did are you not reading First Peter here? Because we should be surprised when the culture aligns with our faith. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we that should be the surprising point, but but it should not keep us from staying committed, as you put in your your message. Should not cause us to be ashamed, and should not cause us to be uh, uncommitted to our our. I think what our, people are surprised about these days is that. Is that it, it's it's never been true that it's been universally a a um, Christian culture yeah. in the sense that every meaning that everybody in the in the culture is on board with the with the Christian yeah. or even the Judeo Christian values that every single person in the culture is on, on board with that. There's always been a subset of people yeah. who have not been on board with it. Yeah. Um, even at the height of American Protestantism, which had been in the 1950s and 60s or so, yeah. not everybody was on board with with the you know 100 across America on board with it. Um, what's happening different differently is that those those 10, 20 percent or whatever they are, whatever the number is, have gotten a big mouthpiece these days. Yeah, yeah. They've got the same tools to be able to communicate with the world that everybody else at one time was reserved for the main institutions of society. And now those tools get heard a lot more in society. So we're aware of the different the different voices more. Well, I also think there is a sense in which the those who claim to be still – in the committed Christian camp, the commitment level is either a a lot less uh, in terms of their actual commitment, and and we've talked about yeah. this with the pandemic has really ramped this up, where the the commitment level of individuals seemed to be one thing pre-pandemic, but when the all you know the the going to church every Sunday habit was broken, they realized they didn't really miss it because they didn't have the conviction of it anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think term, that, the term I heard at lunchtime today, because we've been talking about that mm-hmm. here as the Great Reset. The Great Reset. Where people yeah. have not been coming back because they were kind of you know, half in, half out any, yeah. anyway. But the term I heard today was we, we know about the, the, the nuns, N-O-N-E. Yeah. These are the duns. The duns, yeah. They're just done. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of the, isn't it Isn't it what was it Jesus says in, to, in the book of Revelation of the church in Laodicea, you yeah, know, the, yeah. luke, the lukewarm. And what's what's happening now is there's this kind of spitting out of the mouth sort of thing. And, and, and so I, you know, I, what, 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 Peter's message to to us in some sense, which is valuable, is, okay, this is actually an opportunity to share in 
the sufferings of Christ. You, I, I love the word that you used is that word. We have some solidarity yeah. with Christ in those in that that framework. So when when you go from the don't be surprised, don't be ashamed, and Peter actually says you're blessed and you rejoice. What was your kind of thought in terms of that transitional piece yeah. there? I felt a little. I felt the challenge of, of communicating that, by the way, and I, I thought you did a really great job with the um, with making sure that the source of that uh, that suffering, the reason to, to, to rejoice in the suffering, uh, was was really clear. And you had some cross referencing uh, back to you know Acts five and some and and some um, even the Luke six passage where you, you know, you're going to love these these other other people and pray for them. Yeah. Just sort of the character of your person. For me, I wanted to. He clearly was had, had a reference to the return of Christ, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say that 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 similar to how he's done in other points along yeah. the way. In the and Peter, First uh, Peter, he has said, "Look ahead." This is our this is our, ti- our this is our timeline collapsing, past, yeah. present, and future collapsing in the moment. Looking ahead, when we know that Christ returns, one of the things that we will know is that if we're suffering in this life, then we, we will we will be have a different quality about our um, alignment with Christ mm-hmm. because we know that we have done what he has done. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the piece that I that I was emphasizing. And I think especially having listened to, to yours, it would have been, been good to, um, to have emphasized the the grounds for having joy in more particular ways. I mean, that that's a ground certainly for having joy. Yeah, sure. It's a sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of mental thing that you think about what's yeah. going to happen in the future that allows you to deal with the present. Yes, yeah, and and I and I didn't focus on that that eschatological side of things, which is definitely present in this passage as it is in in other passages in Peter as in First Peter as well. Mine was to think through the relational. And I, again, I, this is a word I, I, I'm going to put in my memory bank for future. Is that so, I like that solidarity because that is a that's a relational word that describes something that only people have in the face of shared trauma, pain, mm. and suffering, mm. which is what I described. But the word solidarity it only exists yeah. in the face of yeah. suffering. Because the soldiers in the in the foxholes, exactly. the soldiers in doing battle, are the yeah. ones who had the greatest bond. Yeah, and when you say you have solidarity with someone, it's because that person is facing a hardship, and you're saying, "I'm going to go through it with you." You did you did communicate that though, like when you talked about cancer patients. Yes, yes, cancer yeah, I, patients have solidarity with yes, one another. Yeah, I, I I described it, but I didn't use that. That was the word that I was struggling to find in the preparation. Yeah. Like, what is this word? And you actually used it, um, and then thinking through. You know Peter's connection. One of the commentaries. This is why I went back to the Sermon on the Mount because one of the commentaries pointed out this all. There's so much. There's so much uh, parallel parallel phraseology in this passage, and then uh, Matthew chapter five verse eleven. I was thinking, man, you know how interesting is it that Peter was sitting there, early disciple, listening to the Sermon on the Mount, which is a which we forget is a sermon to the disciples, not to the crowd. The crowd's there, but the sermon is to the disciples, that he is now lifting up very similar parallel ideas and and echoing them to this other church, uh, this set of churches or congregations in Asia Minor, because he knows what, what Jesus has done in suffering for him. And so I, you know, that's, that's where, again, two messages... You, you you picked up the future element. I picked up the past element, and but it's all there. That's yeah. Peter's yeah. bringing it all there, so that in the present, 
when we're going through that, we see both the future and the past and say, I'm, I'm, I can rejoice in the middle of that. You landed um, in a kind of a cool spot, though, you, when, you, when you talked about the, um, that we, we're going to use this suffering because we're all going to go through the suffering. And, and, and I think about it in, like in the recovery circles. We've launched yeah. the Celebrate Recovery Ministry. One of the things that they say in the recovery circles is God never wastes a pain. God never wastes a pain. He never yeah. wastes a hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going through a suffering, he's not going to waste a suffering either. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, okay, well, then use that suffering, that moment of suffering, to really um, to, to meet – all the difficulties of, of life with something transformative, something yeah. good. I mean, the simple thing of the somebody gives you a hard time, buy, pick up their check. Yeah, you know, as yeah. you talked about, just just somehow somehow don't don't let it bring you. I, mean, I, I took away, don't let it bring you down. Yeah, this is how this is how Jesus could say, bless bless your enemies and do not curse them. Yeah. You know? Don't let it bring you down. Find a way to, to let that suffering and that solidarity that you have with with Jesus have. Find a way to let that really make an impact on the world for good. Well, and that's where I think, you know, when Peter lands that chapter, you know, that the the three three, you know, three words he says suffer and then at the end of that chapter he says while doing good. Mm-hmm. You know, you're entrusting yourself to a faithful creator, which I didn't get into it. This is one of the cutting room floor things. Um why he refers to God as the creator in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like reference it, but I, I just kind of moved on. But then, the, because the point for him was while doing good. Um, and there's a lot more we could we could do with that because he's given a lot of examples earlier in that passage. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting. And uh, like I said, we're landing the series the next couple of weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Uh, you actually are out this week. I am. Josh, Josh, Josh Schweitzer is going to be in our, Classic this week. Yeah, our student ministry uh, director will be in Classic teaching on the first five verses in uh, first, P- uh, first Peter 5. And for those who, who may not know, uh, Josh Schweitzer has just come under care. Yeah. I mean, very, very, very first step of yeah. uh, seeking to be ordained. Yeah, starting seminary. Starting start seminary. seminary in March or so. Something, yeah, in the spring semester. Yep. Uh, I'll be in Vine uh, preaching on this, so he and I will probably be discussing this next week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the following week, I'll be out as Ed Diaz kind of lands the series. Yeah, he'll finish up the series in Vine. In Vine, and you will finish up the series in, in Classic. Classic on the 20th. Um, and very difficult to believe that we are around the corner from Advent. Yeah, right after that, after we finish the series, the next Sunday is going to be uh, the final Sunday of the Christian year. We call Christ the King Sunday. Yeah. And then right after that is the, the weekend of Easter and yeah. uh, of Christmas, yeah. or after Thanksgiving, that is. I'll get the right holiday. Yeah, one of the weekend after the, <laughs> <laughs> the weekend after Thanksgiving, and that'll be the start of Advent. Yeah, so we will probably have a little bit of a hiatus for armchair preaching through the Thanksgiving time, and then we'll pick it back up for Advent. Uh, as is the case, typically we do miss a couple of uh, armchair preachings around Christmas. It's really hard. holiday time. It's hard to come in and do an yeah. armchair on uh, like the day after Christmas or right. something. But uh, anyway, if anyone's missed uh, any one of our messages in this series or any of our series, you can go to our website, fpclakeland.org. Uh, in the worship page, there's a sermon archive tab. You can see complete services, both classic and vine. Uh, if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, I encourage you to head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, and subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. Uh, next week, I'll be in the armchair with uh, Josh Schweitzer. And uh, on the day of this recording, which is November 2nd, I think this is Josh's birthday today. 
I think it is. I've seen yeah. something on the board out front. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, happy birthday to Josh, and uh, we will see everybody next time. Thank you, uh, John, for hanging out once here. again. Good to be here.